Hello, and welcome to The Refinery, a podcast where we dive in deep surrounding last week's message. We are so excited that you have joined us. This week, we are talking about Pastor Lowell's third sermon in the Exodus series, where he asked the question, what's your frog? So jump in with us as we prepare to be refined. So welcome back, everybody, to what is now our second session or, um, or segment, whatever you want to call it, of uh, what we're calling the, the refinery. And the refinery is just a, uh, hopefully just a casual conversation um, with real people from our, our congregation just to, um, to dig a little deeper into um, the most recent message, uh, Lowell's most recent message. And, uh, and, and the hope is in here that we, we just, and digging into that message a little bit further, that we, um, we extrapolate some more <clears throat> truths and revelation from that word. Um, for the sake of encouraging each other, but also for for the viewers um, and the listeners who will who will tune into this um, at some point, that they'll um, they'll be able to benefit and draw something out of um, our conversation as well. Anyway, I want to um, say welcome to um, uh, my guest this week, and we'll do some mm-hmm. quick introductions. We'll do ladies first, and and to my left is my friend Sheila Butler and um, Sheila. We just determined you guys have been here about ten years. Right. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for those that don't know Sheila, you need to get to know Sheila. <coughs> Sheila is one of our, our, our most dedicated volunteers, and um, she has a yes in her heart, and a yes, just a yes in her spirit. And it's like anything and everything that needs to be done around the church, Sheila has done and or is willing to do it. And, um, and we love you for that, Sheila. So thank you. Thank you for being here tonight. So, and then my new friend, Allison. Allison, I know um, you've been coming across Crossroads for how long? Um, since August. Okay. And you've been involved with the with the Yak community. That's been like one of your bigger points of connection with the church yeah. uh, in that time. Yeah, that's great. And then across from me is my my good friend Josh. <laughs> it's actually Doctor Josh Fletcher, <clears throat> but I would I just want to lay this out there. I've known Josh since before he was Doctor Fletcher, <clears throat> and so I'm not being irreverent when I just refer to him as Josh because he's my friend. He's my brother. Actually, Josh is one of my best friends, and so it would be weird for me to refer to him to Doctor <laughs> Fletcher the entire time. Hopefully, you don't you don't um, no. take any disrespect from that, Josh. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So again, thank thank you guys for for the willingness to be a part, and um, we had such a good. Uh, uh, good feedback from um, from the the last segment that we did of this, and um, we feel like God's hand is on this, and so this is a conversation we want to continue. So I'm just I'm just grateful to you guys for being here. Um, again, just as a reminder, also for anybody that, uh, that that's tuning in, um, uh, Pastor Lowell is still in a sermon series that he's titled Exodus: A Journey into uh, into Freedom, and uh, this past week's message uh, was titled Deliverance, and he asked the question, "What's your frog?" And, uh, and I don't know if you guys got to see Pastor Lowell kind of um, kind of uh, giggling whenever the the graphic popped up and there were frogs hopping along the Not screen and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and so I just want to start out um, just asking you guys just big takeaways, big themes, or if there was you know one one big thing that that kind of jumped out you from uh, to you from the message this week. What what was uh, what were some of those things for you guys? Well, there's a couple for me, but one of the ones that. I really spent a lot of time thinking about was one of Satan's favorite words is tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so many times when we want God to do something for us, we want it right now. But when we feel like the Holy Spirit working in our lives of things that we should be doing, we're like tomorrow, tomorrow. (laughs) And so I just really was like, I don't want that to be a word that holds me back. You know, if I'm feeling called to do something, do it in the moment, like jump in all in. Yeah, that's good. How about you guys? Yeah, I was thinking along the same lines. Like, sometimes we just hold too tightly to things. 
um, and God just says, no, I've, ha- I've got something better for you. Mm-hmm. And I think just like we have to be cognizant that we need to check in with God about that all the time because we're in this process of sanctification. Like you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Like God is continually growing you in each life stage and we got to just keep checking in with him and asking, you know, what, what else do you need to redeem in my life? Mm, that's mm-hmm. good. Well, and one of the biggest things for me, you know, there's several great things in, in here, but um, he talked about like, getting your own straw. Now they're going to have to get their own straw. But that difficulty, that pain, that struggle actually prepared them physically, you know, for the for the journey ahead. And um, gosh, that has rung true in my life so many times. And I think um, our, our whole nation, our whole world is going through a struggle right now and it's shaking us, it's changing us. It's, uh, it has an opportunity, there's an opportunity in it to be made stronger for what's going to come. So uh, that's kind of one of the main takeaways I had. Yeah. yeah curious if if any of you guys is comfortable sharing can you think of uh, an occasion you know in in your life where you were confident the lord had asked you to do something or or set you on a set you on a journey um and you knew you knew that it was the will of god it was he was plain and clear about what what his desire for for you to do was um and um as you set out in obedience you felt this this opposition come um that you know whether whether it uh, you know, threw you for a loop. Whether it whether it discouraged you, whether whether it caused you to pause and question, is this the you know the will of God? If you've ever had a circumstance like that, <laughs> Josh is laughing. I know because I know it. I know <laughs> I know he's got one. <laughs> yeah, more than one. But. Well, I mean, of course, we've been missionaries for the last five years, and um, and really just being in ministry. Period. When you say yes to God and then then you wait for him to tell you what it is he's going to tell you to do, you, you start with yes. Then what you're doing is you're you're willing to pay a price, the cost for whatever it is he's asking you to do. Because you just say, here's my yes. And that's what we do when we say we're going to be missionaries or we're going to serve the Lord or we're going to do whatever. Then you have to come to the point where you're paying the price. <laughs> And, and it's always more than what you thought. It's never been, for me, less than what I thought. Um, I've had joy in the process, and I've had surprise, surprise blessings along the way, and I've learned from it, but never have I ever found that by saying yes to God, it was easy. <laughs> it's always been hard. Always. So, so your experience is that's been the rule, not the, not the exception. Yeah, and so. I guess at some point you come to real when you realize that it's okay, yeah. right? Because you start to realize that the journey is really more important than the destination, and God's doing something in you, and that's how great things happen. You know, you're not called to ministry because you're you're a super Christian. You're called to ministry perhaps because God wants to do something in you. And he needs to put you in a certain environment so he can do that work. Yeah. Right. That's so good. I love how he said saying yes before he even knows 100% what mm-hmm. you're called to. That's like a whole different level, I feel. Because sometimes I feel 
that we struggle saying yes, knowing what God wants, but to have that faith that, hey, God, I want you to use me. OPS, when you get a chance, let me know what that is and be willing to do it. That's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. I love that, Josh. You know, it's funny. There, uh, Mark Appleyard, who is uh, who's a, a, a father in faith and, and a, a longtime friend of, the, of this church and used to be on staff here, um, I've quoted him. It's funny. I just heard him say say it even this week in, in one of their uh, podcasts. But um, I remember him saying this years ago, and I sort of adopted it. And he just said, you know, I've, I'm learning to, to command my spirit to tell to say to my spirit this is the direction we're going and and he said that every morning before when he wakes up before his feet hits the floor he says he says to the father the answer is yes i don't <laughs> care it doesn't matter what you ask the answer is already yes and that's how he starts his day every single day and i sort of adopted that you know that that uh spiritual discipline if you will <laughs> you know a lot of days just to just to go ahead and, and just to go ahead and put the yes out there before I even start the day because I know the temptation to to say no or well not yet or whatever is going to be strong for me you know um, on lots of days yeah yeah so well, I like what you said about how you almost come to expect those those trials because like once you just kind of plan on the trials then it's almost like you don't have to freak out like like I feel like in the past I've like had a trial come up. And all of a sudden, you're like going to God and be like, oh no, what's happening? <laughs> and if you're just thinking about like, oh, that's how life is. And God says, or Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so then you can just move past freaking out and just be like, okay, well, what do you want me to yeah. do with it, God? You know, like now what? Yeah, John 16, 33, it's one of my favorite verses. And, and I love it because it actually brings you a certain amount of peace to, you know, it's not, not that I have to know all the details anymore. Mm. Like, like, uh, you know, it's like that old thing when I was a kid, when they had this whole war on drugs, right? And they said, you need to decide right now when somebody offers you some drugs, what you're going to say. <laughs> And if you say you're going to just say, say no, no. Right? <laughs> right, you've made a decision and you just got to follow through on the decision. Yeah. Right. And that, that really does take a lot of the pressure off of us because we don't know. We we will never know all the details. Right. Yeah. We're just not going to know. them. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if you guys recall, uh, Lowell also said, uh, he, he said at one point in his message, he said, I just said, I just time out. I just want to point something out. When you're wanting to get free or unstuck, don't expect Pharaoh or Satan to let, to let you go easily. In fact, the chances are he'll turn up the heat. And, uh, and again, you know, the example that we already shared from the Israelites is, uh, when, Mo when Moses goes to him and gets that first that first no, his his response initially is no. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it even harder. But um, you also recall in his message that one of the things that uh, Lowell pointed out was um, how God turned that uh, that turning up the heat on its head, and it, so instead of it having the effect um, that Pharaoh intended, you know, which was punitive, which was I'm gonna teach these you know teach these guys a lesson, God used it as uh, as a means to increase. The, the people's incentive for wanting freedom, you know, so the turning up the heat increased their, their desire to want to be free from that, from that slavery and from that oppression. Um, well, the story that comes to mind is like, I felt like, um, definitely getting married, like to my husband, like it was all ordained by the Lord. And then all of a sudden after we got married, like my husband got sick and he, um, went through a bunch of jobs and then all of a sudden, 
he was working opposite shifts from me and i was like oh no were we even supposed to like get married because now we don't even see each other oh my goodness but it wasn't even a big deal because god was using that to bring us closer and all of a sudden like like our marriage is super strong because like right away we went through all of that stuff Hmm. so like just thinking about like counting it all joy when you have a trouble because it really does develop in you like the character that god wants you to have yeah, and, and a perseverance that you were certainly going to need for, for, for the marital journey, you know. Yeah. So, so anybody who's been married any length of time knows uh, perseverance is a spiritual discipline that you need in droves <laughs> for that race, you know. Um, well, one of our other questions, you guys, was how was your, how was your understanding or your perspective challenged or affirmed um, from, from anything that you heard in the message from this week? I think just that everything that happens is preparing you for other things. Um, I, I find myself that when I'm in a moment, I'm very much in the moment, and to just be um, focused that this is just a moment in time and it's fine-tuning me for mm. what's to come, um, whether it's just appreciating the journey of like the highs and the lows in life, or if it is making me tougher. Like I know you referenced the straw and I was sharing with you earlier that I just, I know it's completely different setting, but if you bring it to like 2020 and you bring it to the virus and you bring it to furloughs and people um, doing the same amount of work on less pay, mm-hmm. like I was one of those people on reduced mm-hmm. pay and it was kind of like, hey, not only do I need you to do the same workload, go get your own straw. And by yeah. the way, do it on 80% of your pay, right? right, right. And you're like, wait, what? You know. So to me, I know it's completely a different setting, but when he spoke about that, I was like, oh my gosh, get your own hay and, and still build the same amount of bricks. I'm like, I get that. I relate to that, you know? And, and while my job is not anything remotely like that, I love that he focused on, you know, when you get out of this, I'm I'm growing you, I'm building you, I'm strengthening you for what's to come because it's not all gonna be like, you know, just this easy road ahead when you guys get, you know, get freed. And I was just like, wow, like think about that just for us that are, um, just all of us that are dealing with the effects of COVID, um, whether it's teaching your kids at home, whether it's working at home and trying to do school at the same time, um, if it's trying to come up with the finances so somebody can watch your kids so that you can go to work if you don't have the ability to work from home, if it's working on less pay, or if it's working on that $600 unemployment is gone now, right? Like there's so many different things that everybody's facing and and right now it's so easy to stay in the world of, oh, now I gotta get my own straw. But to be reminded that this is just a moment and it's like building us it's growing our character it's helping people who don't usually ask for help like they're having to put their needs out there and for people that are able to provide and assist and help like that's a great opportunity for them too so I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the cool things that I'm already starting to see in our church is just how people are interacting and saying hey let's be the church let's truly not just have the church is a family quote, but to see it just become alive and to see that straw like building us and growing us for the next 25 years here mm-hmm. at Crossroads, like that just, 
makes me so happy. Yeah, you know, and that's interesting because that's that is a great word. It's like, uh, but surely, if if these truths that we're talking about tonight are true, surely the even even the 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 trials that we as a body of Christ or individuals that make up this church are going through, it's a it is a preparation mm-hmm. for for a season. But he's he's making us into something. Whether it's he's making mm-hmm. us into an army, whether he's making us in, you know, uh, he's getting getting us spiritually fit for for whatever mm-hmm. whatever happens in the world next. You know, he's preparing us. I was just going to share um, these examples because I I, I I circled these because I just thought and, and I and I love what you shared, Sheila, because um, you you really tied it to real world examples of how the, this this dynamic is happening in in people's lives right like yeah. right now in the midst of COVID, you know. Uh, but Lowell said, sometimes in life we're knee deep in mud and have to make bricks, but the straw isn't provided, and we need to get our own straw. This is another truth that I wanted to get y'all's in, input and um, an insight on because. Uh, after sharing all of those examples, real life examples or real world examples of how we have to get our own straw, um, one of the things that he says, and I love this this word because I have found myself over the the years um, learning this truth, but I find myself saying it, repeating it to other uh, other people as well. And he said that God doesn't waste a thing mm-hmm. in our lives. God doesn't waste a thing. And and when you know when Lowell said that, I, I just lingered for me because again, this is a truth that the Lord has been been trying hard to teach me for a long time. You know that not a thing is wasted in 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 uh, in, in God's kingdom, in God's economy. And then he said, God will not compel you to go against your will, but He will, but He'll make you more willing to go. And I just this thought that's just such a good premise or truth to marinate on because it's it's a totally upside down paradigm for looking at the things that we're subjected to in this life. And if you believe that God doesn't waste a thing in your life, then you begin to look at those circumstances in your life through a different lens. You know, the second thing he said was, um, and I think Josh, you alluded to this earlier, they got in even better shape. God used this as a time of, uh, this time as a national physical fitness program. God knew that his people were going to be taking a long trek in the wilderness and that they needed to get in even better shape than they were in. Um, and he just said, what, whatever the season is that we're all going through, one thing I guarantee is that like, like he did with the Israelites, God is um, in some, some way, somehow going to use whatever's happening now to prepare us, to equip us, um, um, and, and just get us ready for the next chapter um, as, uh, of life. Um, what, what our next question, you guys, was, um, I know I asked a few minutes ago, how, how is your understanding, your perspective challenge or affirm in the message? But I like this question even more. How, how has this sermon impacted your relationship or your walk with Christ specifically? Like what are the truths that you would, you would, you would take out of this message and how, how does that apply to how you relate to, to Jesus? Well, um, I do know for us, you know, this last week we've, we have communicated how we are not going back to Ecuador you know, that our dream of being missionaries in Ecuador has been murdered by this pandemic, you know, and how we're asking the Lord, what's the next thing? What's the next dream? And so asking the Lord that question and sitting with him for a while has been a hard, hard journey, you know. Um, How do you grieve a dream, a calling? And uh, at the same time, listen for the next next thing. And um, it always, for me, comes back to asking the Lord, what is he doing? 
you know, what are you doing, Lord? And I'm not saying, what are you doing? <laughs> right. I mean, I I've could, asked like that. I, before I, I have to, <laughs> there are mornings, you know, before the coffee. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. But it's, what are you doing? And we live in this place as Christians between where we're, we're in this constant tension, right? Between the already and the not yet. I know we've talked about this Bobby before Jesus dies on the cross and he says, it is finished. Yay. And he said, you're my child. You're, you're, you're together. You're my children. This is my bride I'm building. This is, you know, this is the kingdom of God and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But we're in the not yet. And the reason why we're in the not yet is because we still suffer. We still sin. We still trip and fall. We still uh, refuse to love one another. We are still in the not yet. And we, we're not going to God and saying, what are you doing? <laughs> Instead, we're saying, what are you doing? And what he's doing is he's helping us in that tension between the dream of being with him forever with his people mm. and loving him face to face. And the reality is that we're in the tension between it not actually happening. <laughs> right? right. And so we're going through this so that we might be more formed into his likeness. And, um, sometimes I think I get focused on the wrong thing, you know, I want to be focused about what he's doing, not what I'm doing. I mean, I'm not building a kingdom and I can't make myself into his likeness. That's his job. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, seasons like this are hard. Uh, there's no other way to say it. It's not easy, but God is still good and he loves us. And, um, he's still making us more like him. And he's bringing us together, you know, mm -hmm. so that we can be that pure, spotless bride, bride, not for uh, some kind of va vanity that God has, but because when people see us together being, you know, who we are called to be, who we are, you know, um, who we say we are, it's beautiful it's good for the world to see it and they will come to Jesus. That's yeah. why. And so a pandemic is an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Um, so for me, it's like when he, when he, the title of the message is what's your frog. Yeah. And remember he talked about how, uh, frogs and all the plagues were kind of related to something that the Egyptians held as an idol. That's right. Right. Mm -hmm. yep. And, and that's true. <clears throat> And the last one being the firstborn children. And then, you know, he did this thing uh, where he showed, you know, the blood on the doorpost that, that, that said, um, you know, that spirit that was killing those firstborn children could not pass through there. That's why we call it Passover because that spirit passes over. It doesn't, doesn't enter our home. And it's, it is a foreshadowing of Christ who died for us and his blood is there on the doorpost of our homes and our hearts so that that spirit that says, 
hey, um, I'm better than God and I got this all figured out and I can go my own way and, you know, my children are going to usurp him, um, won't enter our homes. And so we're applying that blood of Jesus every day. I mean, today's the day of salvation. That's I'm right. going to get up in the morning and say, okay, Lord, <laughs> bathe me in that, right? Yeah. I want your, your, your blood to cover me. I want to be more like you today. And, uh, and that's really what, what that was all about, was about getting rid of all those idols and walking into a future, an eternity with him. And so, yeah, it's a hard season. It's hard to, to grieve the loss of a dream, right? Or the loss of a calling. But you know that God has more. Yeah. Because he is not finished working on you. And he's not finished work. He still loves the world. He still loves people. He still loves his bride. And you just hold on to those things, even though, you know, you don't have any straw to make bricks. You don't have <laughs> any, you know? Yeah. And I, I, don't, I wonder how, how many people never never realized the significance of um, the formation of um, the, the, the blood on the door um, and, and its symbolic or prophetic reference to um, the coming of Christ, you know. You know, one other uh, thing that I was going to point out, and jo- Josh, I know you kind of referenced this, is because um, this was very interesting from uh, from the, uh, his message and, and in his references in Scripture. He says, um, all the plagues were, were direct attacks on the false gods of the Egyptians. For instance, the Egyptians worshipped the Nile River, so God turned the, the, the Nile the into blood. Into blood. Mm-hmm. They worshipped the false god Hecate, who had the face of a frog. God filled the land with frogs. <laughs> all the frogs died. And uh, created a horrendous stench. It was like God saying, Hecate is dead and stinks. Um, and they worshiped the sun, uh, Ra, their most powerful God. The ninth plague was the plague of darkness. God was saying to the Egyptians, your biggest, baddest God ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I love that. Oh, and this is where, because uh, I think you started off by sharing this, uh, Sheila, when, when we were just asking about you know big themes and, and things that stood out to you, because this was also one for me. And he said, when, when Pharaoh was asked, or when, when Moses gave Pharaoh the option of saying, hey, I'll pray for you and he can be rid of this. And he says, tomorrow... And, uh, and again, Lowell said, tomorrow, why would anyone want to spend another night with the frogs? There are things in our lives that hurt us or keep us from God's best and keep us stuck, that keep us from living the abundant life that Jesus talks about and enjoying our freedom. And yet, for some reason, we tolerate those things that are stinking up our life. Um, and then he just asked the questions, why would anyone want to spend one more night with those frogs? And um, your, your answer to that is, is interesting. It's like... Uh, Sometimes we would rather live in familiar dysfunction mm-hmm. than than accept the freedom that God offers us because maybe it maybe because of the unknown, you know. So it's like, well, I would just rather stay in bondage because it's it's familiar to me. It's like the and unknown is more uncomfortable than the discomfort of the frogs. Yeah, it's more. There's more fear involved in that unknown than than the known frog that's just a pain, you know? Yeah. Of course, I like frog legs, so <laughs> I would have a problem with well, that. Well, so if the, if the overarching question, you know, that Lowell asked when he said, what, what's your frog? Again, just 
I know a, a little personal, but it, that I think that's the biggest benefit is just hearing from real people like what what our, our real life examples are. Has there been a frog in your life? Has there been you know a place in your life where you know you know it wasn't God's best for your life, but there was a reluctance to leave it because it was familiar or or maybe another reason? So, well, I think there's lots of them. Um, I mean, if this was a confessional for me, it'd probably be kind of boring, you know, um, but, but it would be, you know, the little idols in your life, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, when you're a missionary and you go to live in another culture and you do without a lot of things, you realize just how much you don't need that stuff stuff anymore Mm. you 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 kind of are forced into the discipline of simplicity but it was an eye-opening thing for me i think just how much uh, i put into those things and uh, after a cleansing of that stuff i realized that it's not so bad not to have hot water for a while you know (laughs) or uh, I did miss Chick-fil-A quite a bit <laughs> and, and peanut butter, you know, and, and no Crossroads sent us this great big jar of peanut butter. We, we <laughs> cried literally. But didn't you have uh, what was it? A Pollo, Pollo Loco over there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Standing Guayaquil, there's Pollo Loco and there's Seco de Chivo, you know, which is this goat and it's delicious and I miss it. Yeah. But there are other things, you know, that stuff. But what I found for me was I went through a lot of depression when we got to Ecuador um, because I realized, I mean, it's it can be very lonely. You know, you don't have the people around you who affirmed you, encouraged you. I mean, they're there. Maybe you get an email and maybe once in a while you can talk on, on FaceTime or whatnot, but you're in a very stressful situation and you don't have the family around you that you had. And, um, it it was tough and I had, it was uncomfortable. Right. Um, I didn't realize how much I relied upon the affirmation of others. I thought I was pretty good. I didn't, that, that, you know, it was like Lowell used to say, you know, somebody says, thank you. Somebody affirms you for your gifts and talents. It's like, they give you a rose, you smell it. And then you give it to God. And that's a great, you know, metaphor. But I didn't realize just how much that had become uh, an encouragement to me so much so that it was like I didn't when I didn't have it. It was an idol, Mm. you know, maybe an idol, maybe something that I needed. You know, and I, it caused some depression in me, and I I started writing these letters to, to be just really raw to get that that stuff out. Mm. And what the Lord did was, after I got rid of those frogs, is He taught me how to encourage myself in Him, like rather than need somebody to say, Josh, you are doing a good job. You know, I, I saw the way you use those verb tenses when you're talking to the cat, taxi cab driver, you know, or when you're, you know, I'm struggling, you know, to find my place there in ministry. How many people, you know, I'm not keeping a tally how many people I shared Jesus with, you know, but, but, you know, it can be slow and it can be hard ground and difficult and uncomfortable. I don't need that, you know, 
affirmation that, oh yeah, you've led three people into Jesus or you, you taught this class and you wrote all these pages. I don't, I can go to Jesus now and I can say, okay, Lord, what are you saying about me right now? And be encouraged by him mm. and him alone. And no, I'm not perfect. That <laughs> still, I still have my days, especially when I, I, uh, you know, am, am not able to use my gifts and talents, which has been this season. It's been really hard, but I'm a whole lot better than I was. Mm. So, I know. don't want to take from that, but you are still using your gifts and your talents, <laughs> just in a different way. That's right. For anybody that knows, <laughs> Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, but I, one one subtle point in, in what you just shared, Josh, is because um, like when we're looking at uh, the frogs, for instance, and, and this these big stinky, to use Lowell's words, these big horrendous stinky, mm-hmm. you know, uh, things in our lives, it can be easy to forget that sometimes um, the frogs are like, uh, well, I, I just this week I was I was thinking about in Song of Songs where it says it's the little foxes that that break in and ruin the vineyard, and it's real easy to think about these, you know, these whether it's a, at this, you know, what, what we perceive as this huge sin struggle or or um, <clears throat> this this dysfunctional area of our life and that sort of thing, but but it, it can be the little things, the little mm-hmm. the little idols, That's just self reliance right. or too much reliance on on affirmation from other people, mm-hmm. like you said, and th- those little things that can that can sneak in and we don't don't perceive them as much like they're not as Absolutely. as the as the mm-hmm. frogs but they're 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 every bit as damaging to um that that connection that relationship that we have with with our father in heaven you know i have a similar story i mean i didn't move all the way to south america but um <laughs> just the familiarity of growing up in the same like school district and town um for like 27 years and then feeling like God was asking us to just move to North Carolina, which seems like kind of random. Like we weren't moving here for any reason, mm. except that the weather was nicer. Yeah. Um, but it was like we hear that a lot from New Yorkers. <laughs> um, but I did not want to go. Like I was like crying and being a baby and like, this is a dumb reason to move. And then I really like got before the Lord and I was looking at the story of Abraham and just like how, like, God said to go, move to like a random spot, and he went. Um, and so like, right. look, I'm still like dealing with moving here. Like we've only lived here a little over a year, and like, there was so much. Like I know where the grocery store was, and like, um, you know, everybody knew me. They knew my family, and like here, like nobody knows me. And, and like you, you rely on that, and you feel mm-hmm. so familiar. And um, not that like you have, you have to move away from where you grew up, but like I would totally recommend it because <laughs> I have grown so much in my walk with the Lord this yeah. year. Um, one thing that I'm trying to keep my heart available for is like not getting familiar again. Because if you look at the story of Abraham, like okay, like he moved, yay! And then like his story is like well, a lot more chapters. Like he sacrifices his son, and he has to like fight wars and have a baby, and like. There's like lots happening. He didn't just be like, yes, I obeyed God one time. <laughs> so like we, we can't fall into that familiarity again um, and get comfortable with the frogs around us. Uh, mm-hmm. I looked up this quote by C.S. Lewis from his sermon called The Weight of Glory. And he writes, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about when infinite joy is offered us 
like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant <laughs> by the offer of a holiday at sea. Mm. We are far too easily pleased. Yeah, that's like, so true. <laughs> like, why would you make mud pies in the slums? Like, you could be at the beach, and that's what it's like when you follow the Lord. Like, mm. just get yeah. out of yourself and, and follow him. It's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's funny. A, that reminds yeah. me of the, uh, the 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 study that they did with kids about um, instant gratification, where they say, "Hey, we'll give you a single piece of candy now, but it, or if you can wait five minutes, we'll give you two pieces of candy." And every single kid takes the <laughs> takes the, the one. The, yeah, and you know, it's just like when you're when you're talking, it's like all of that starts with the way we choose to see ourselves, right? we can choose to see ourselves as his children whom he loves or we can choose to see ourselves as less than him than what he says we are mm-hmm. right and i want to affirm you because when i was your age my wife allison and i moved from kentucky to here because god said to go <laughs> and we didn't have the a job nice. i know and i volunteered here at the church working with the children cleaning toilets cleaning stuff in the kitchen, pouring juice in the cups. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I was right here on the ground floor of what Crossroads became, you know? And if we would have said, no, I don't think, I'll think I'll start writing my own story the way I want to write it, it would have come out a whole lot different. Mm. But it was scary, you know? It, and it doesn't really get much easier, does it? I mean, you make decisions and you become more comfortable with the uncomfortable. But the Lord has a way of just turning the uncomfortable <laughs> up the more you say yes and, and keep going. You guard your yes and keep going. Well, and just as a you know a friendly reminder, we, we started this conversation by me um, explaining why it is we refer to this as the refinery. And when you look at those verses that refer to to the the redemptive work that God is doing in us, um, the sanctification process, if it's like being refined uh, by fire, uh, that's a violent process. It's not a pleasant process. The the goal is taken to the brink, the brink of destruction in order to, um, to purify it so that it, that it comes out as pure gold. So, um, well, you guys, just like that, our time is, is, is up. And, um, and so I, I, first of all, I just want to thank you guys for, for being a part. Cause like I also said at the beginning, the, the hope in, in these conversations is that the listener and the viewer would just be encouraged. Cause it's just, it's just a couple of brothers and sisters <laughs> in Christ, just, you know, talking, talking through it and, and trying to work, work out our salvation. And, um, and I'm so thankful for the body of Christ. I'm thankful for the church. And I just, you know, for so many, so many seasons of life over the years where, um, just sitting in a space and having conversations and just going, I, I don't get this or I'm struggling with this and just talking it out with brothers and sisters in Christ. I know for me personally has been um, such a, 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 a bit, not just a benefit, a necessity to my walk with Christ mm-hmm. and my pursuit of, of him and the father's heart for my life. So um, I know that everybody who's, who's either listening or watching is going to um, be blessed and, and benefit from you guys sharing. So thank you guys. So, um, all right, well, we'll close it out guys and encourage you to um, tune into our next segment. Be blessed. Thank you so much for joining us today at the refinery. If today's conversation piqued your curiosity about last week's message, please check it out on our Crossroads Church website or our Crossroads Church podcast page. And if you have any questions concerning today's topic, 
please send us an email to communications at mycrossroads.co. We look forward to seeing you soon.